Welcome back to the Play on Words podcast. I have a fun little question I'm answering today. One of my friends called me and said, Beth, listen, I feel crazy when my first grader, when I say write the word the, he writes it T-H-E. But when he's looking at it, he says like and is said any other high frequency sight word that they're doing at school. They say that they're teaching heart the heart word method. And I know that that's something that you talked about, but why is this still happening? So we're going to talk about so specific today, the word the. But before we jump in, I forgot as usual, I forgot the, um, the part I was going to start doing where I was going to read your sweet messages because they mean so much to me. So I just read this one this morning and I was like, what, why don't I start my day reading these messages anyway? So somebody wrote in, I binged this podcast after a friend recommended I follow her me. yay! And I feel so much more confident in teaching my four and a half year old to read. She's been begging. They are so quick they're quick start tips. And so you can begin immediately with no extra materials required. Fantastic podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad that is one of my goals, missions, whole life's work. I would say is to make it as easy as possible with as few materials as possible. So today, if you do want materials for this, you just need like a writing utensil and something to write on. But I'm just going to talk uh, briefly about why this is happening and um, what to do if this is happening with your child. Okay. So my child knows the word the, he can write it, but he doesn't recognize it when he's reading it. Here's what's happening. So she did say that the school is doing heart words. So heart words are typically what we would call irregularly spelled words. Some people will, um, you might, you might also know them as like irregular words, rule breaker words. Um, but when we call them heart words, it's when we're actually following what the science of learning to read shows us of how to actually teach kids to store these words for rapid recall. Now, if we just teach kids to memorize it. We're not storing it properly. It's kind of like if you just tell kids to memorize words that are irregular, like said, like the, what of those words, you might see them come home on a list. If you're just telling them to memorize them without teaching them the proper way to map and store them, it's kind of like you're putting, um, you're like bringing your groceries home and you like leave your milk out. It's in the house, but it's not in the right spot. So it's not going to last. So when we teach kids mapping through what is the heart word method, um, or you might hear it called orthographic mapping, then we're actually putting the word in the right spot in our brain for rapid recall and retrieval. That's what we want with sight words. So sight words aren't words we want to ignore, but the way we want to teach kids how to learn them and store them is the way, is the, is the thing we want to pay attention to. So we don't want to just memorize words because they are quote irregular. We just want to map the word and store it the right way. Backing up a little bit, this is why we don't want kids to just memorize sight words before they are able to decode real and nonsense words. So what those are are like CVC words, consonant, vowel, consonant words. So that would be like 
cat, dog, mom. So when we're teaching the letters and sounds, like we say the letter is A, the sound is A, like the first sound in apple, and the middle sound in cat. We explicitly teach these letters and the sounds. And then when we've taught them in their most frequently um, or easiest to understand way, so that means that we start with short vowels. We wouldn't say this is A when we're teaching like four-year-olds. This is A. It says A. Sometimes it says uh, Sometimes it says A. We're going to teach the short vowels first because that's going to be the skill that we need or the, the way that we are probably going to be decoding CVC, real and nonsense words. So we're going to teach A says A, E says E, I says I, O says A, U says A. Uh. We're not going to teach C says K unless it's followed by an I, E, or Y, then it says S. That is a rule we learn like in first or second grade, end of first, early second grade. So we learn the hard and soft C rule. We are teaching kids the most, the, the easiest and most frequently occurring sounds at the very beginning. So once we've taught those letters and sounds and kids are starting to understand and they have about, you know, I would say 10, then we can start teaching them how to blend. So that means like real and nonsense words. Say we've taught them k at, the letter is C, the sound is k, the letter is A, the sound is at, the letter is T, the sound is T. We've taught these, we've gone over them. They can recognize the letter uppercase and lowercase. They can, they know the sound and then they can do the reverse. You can say the sound is a, what's the letter? They can draw it in sand. They draw an A. So once we have a pretty good understanding of this is when we start to begin blending. And here's a quick tip. You do not need to just jump into blending three letter words. You can start blending just two letters. So you can, if your child has been taught A and T, you can teach them to blend at. It doesn't need to go right into blending words like cat. So you can do two letters and you can also do nonsense words. So like O-T, ot. That's going to be the base for words like pot, mot. Like we're going to make up some words and we're going to do real words. But the goal here and the reason we're using nonsense words is we want kids to demonstrate that they understand what to do when we see that letter, they understand what sound that letter makes. They understand or what sound that letter represents. They understand how to form that letter. They can do it. They can write the word. They can read the word. We want to be able to see that they can do this with real and nonsense words. If they can only read words that are real and they've seen before, they're demonstrating that they don't actually understand the decoding skills or have the knowledge of what to do when they've never seen a word before. What happens then when we take away the pictures? What happens then when we when we see a word we don't have? We need to be able to decode. So that's what we want to do before we introduce sight words or heart words or irregular words or red words or high frequency words or dolch words or fry words. There's a whole bunch and um, they're all slightly different, but for the sake of this podcast and keeping it short, we're going to group them all together. So when we introduce those words and just tell kids to memorize them before they can decode real and nonsense words with at least 10 letters, we're doing them a disservice. Now, this is different than if your toddler or pre-reader is, is 
memorizing books. This is an important step in learning to read, but we don't want to put a word in front of kids and tell them to memorize it. It's not bad if they have seen that word a lot and they know that word, like stop on a stop sign. That's not bad. The thing we don't want to do though, is to tell kids to memorize words in place of teaching them how to decode words. This is the big difference between, between whole language and actual following the science of reading. So we want to make sure we're not just having kids memorize words. A lot of people will tell you, this is what you do. This is not what you do. (laughs) So see how they do with real and nonsense words. So that means like, you can do like words, like I'm just thinking of real words right now. Okay. Um, LUT, L-U-T. We want them to be able to decode LUT, LUT. What's silly here is you can say to your kids, like some of these are real, some of them are nonsense. Give me a thumbs up if it's real, thumbs down if it's nonsense. And then you could also say like, should we make up what that word means? The sillier you can get, the more that lesson and moment is going to stick with your child in their learning to read journey and in their learning journey in general. So that's where we want to start. So I would say that kids that are mixing up words, high frequency words by just calling out other, other words have not actually mapped the word and stored it in their brain properly. They have been taught to memorize a list of sight words for being irregular. So they're just recalling any word that they think is irregular. And I have to be honest, I remember giving a parent-teacher conference, a first-grade parent, when I was a new teacher my first year, and I was explaining sight words, and I said, I literally said to the parents, I said, it's totally normal to mix up sight words. If they say said instead of like, that's okay. That means that it's stored in the right place. They're going to get there. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just admitted to that. But that is what I thought. And it's like halfway there, you know, but that's not what we want. It's not, it's not normal for kids to just randomly call out a word. We want them to look at the word and think about the word. So let's bring it back to how do we teach kids how to map it? So the first thing I would do in teaching the word the, if, if that child is just calling out like, or said, any of these other high frequency words that are irregular and someone along the way told him to just memorize it, I would make sure to teach explicitly the digraph TH. It depends on what your child can understand, but TH is a digraph. So we're going to say sometimes there are two letters that come together. And when you see them together, they make a brand new sound. They just make one sound together. Um, like SH, and I would explicitly say SH doesn't say S, SH says sh. I would teach digraphs after, I would teach the digraphs with those letters after those letters have been introduced and explicitly taught on their own. Um, so there's two different types of sound for TH, voiced and unvoiced. So voiced is when you can put your hand on your vocal cords and you can feel it. Unvoiced is when you don't feel it in your vocal cords. So you can teach, and this is a multisensory way. So anytime we can do multisensory explicit instruction, that's how we're making sure that this, we're giving this, this lesson every opportunity to stick. So the more senses you can use, the more explicit instruction, the better. So you can put your hand on your 
on your neck and kind of feel th th doesn't say th says and you stick your tongue out so in the word the we know that that first sound is going to be that that sound that we've already been taught so now if if we've already taught this now i wouldn't do all this in one sitting so i've already taught th so now i'm going to introduce the word the so I'm going to say to this first grader or kindergartner, I'm going to say, okay, let's sit down and tell you about a new word. And I'm going to have a dry erase board and a marker with me. And I'm going to say, the word is the. Let's count the sounds in this word together. The reason we're going to count the sounds is because we're going to notice what part we do know and then notice what part is irregular. It's important to have practiced counting sounds with words with that words are not even in front of us. So if you've taken any of the big city readers classes for preschoolers or kindergartners, you know, these are all the games I teach you, but we want to make sure that kids know how to count sounds. This isn't the first time we're teaching them to count sounds and we're teaching them an irregular word. We want to teach them to count sounds with a regular word. So maybe before we even start spelling the word cat or reading the word cat, I'm going to say, take your fingers. Let's count how many sounds are in the word cat. At three sounds. Then I'm going to let them write three lines on the dry erase board. And then I'll touch all three lines before writing and say k at and have them touch. And then I say, okay, first sound is, and they'll say k, right. What's the letter that spells k? They're going to say C and they're going to write it. Do that with the rest of the letters. So now that this is something that they've mastered, by the way, if this feels like overwhelming and you're lost, please check out um, any of my courses for preschoolers and kindergartners. I take you through in 15 minute video lessons, how to do all of these things on how to teach your child how to read. But after they know how to do this and they're confident doing this, then we start to introduce how to do this with irregular words. So I say, I'm going to tell you about a word today. The word is the, we say it all the time. The cat is black. The ice cream man is back. Let them think of a sentence with the, then you're going to say, let's count the sounds you hear in the word the, the, uh, two sounds, draw two lines on your board. Then you're going to say, what's the first sound you hear? And they're going to say, and you're going to say, yeah, do you remember what two letters, what letter or two letters spell that sound? And hopefully they're going to say TH, the digraph TH. And they're going to write TH spells. Then you're going to say, excellent. Okay, what is the next sound you hear? And they're going to say, uh. And then you're going to say, what is the letter that usually spells uh? And they're going to say you. And you're going to say, that's exactly right. This is one of those rule breaker words or tricky words. It's not spelled with a U. It's spelled with an E. So then you're going to write that E and you're going to put a heart over that E. So doing this, even though it seems like just like a cutesy thing, it's actually doing something called orthographic mapping in the brain. So we're actually properly storing the word when we map it like this. When we map it like this, we're actually just like doing the physical part of storing it. So through orthographic mapping, we're going to use the oral language processing part of our brain to then map and connect and we're mapping it actually on the board and then we're mapping it and storing it for rapid retrieval in the brain. Um, so <laughs> when we say this part, we say, okay, this is the part we have to know by heart. So then you're going to tap it or just spell the word T-H-E, the, 
you can cross body spell it on your arms to take your right hand and spell starting at your shoulder t-h-e-the and then spread it together so tap tap and then spread it together to say the whole word then you could tell your child to say a sentence using the word the and then you might want to do something multi-sensory like write it in the air or write it with your finger in carpet or write it on each other's backs Multisensory doesn't have to mean like shaving cream and glue and messy and water bins. It could just mean touching anything or using some other part of your body. So it seems like it's a little bit trickier and a slower process, but it's a much more efficient process in the long run. So when we just tell kids to memorize words, yeah, your brain's wired to memorize. It's great. But that's not the part of the brain that we are going to be using for reading. So while it might last, a, you know, a little bit, like your milk might last six hours sitting out of the fridge, but you're not going to be able to have it for the rest of the week because it's going to spoil your sight words. If you're just memorizing them and it seems like your kids knowing them, it might last a couple weeks, months, maybe even years. But then we see the big struggles later because we didn't properly store or teach kids how to store these words. And then when the struggles come later, it is so much harder to course correct. So do it right the first time. If your child is struggling with words like these sight words or these high frequency words, if you do this method, it might feel slower, but this is going to be the thing that helps them in the long run. And you are so not alone. This is the most common question I get. And I love to help clarify. I hope this was clarifying. If you have any more questions about this or any other topics, it can be as specific as what do I do if they say said instead of the when they see this word, or it could be vague. I love to hear and I will add them to our list of topics to answer. So please send me a message or an email. Um, hello at bigcityreaders.com or send me a message on Instagram if you're following at Big City Readers. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. It makes my whole day um, because honestly, sometimes I feel like, gosh, are people like sick of me talking about the same things? So your messages and reviews mean a lot to me and it makes it easier to get this podcast and information to more people and hopefully more teachers and schools and parents will feel empowered and equipped to teach their kids and we can end this illiteracy crisis that is completely solvable. So on that light note, I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.